Hello and welcome to another segment of our daily devotional. So if you remember, our daily devotional is divided up into two different segments. The first segment is our verse of the day, and the second segment is our installment on our Through the Bible in One Year series. So our first, so we're going to move into our first segment, which is our first of the day segment. And our first for today comes from Matthew 6, 25 through 27, where it just says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour, to your life? So we, as disciples, we as followers of Jesus, should not be intensely worried about the basic issues of life. So worry is wrong only when it is misdirected, when it is out of proportion, or when it comes from a lack of trust in the Father's loving provision. So that is what is wrong with worry. So what is Jesus actually telling us here? So Jesus is telling us here that it is, Jesus is not telling us here that it is wrong to make provisions for our future physical needs. He's not, so if he's not telling us it's wrong to make provision against our future physical needs, then what is he telling us? So what he's telling us is he, he's speaking against anxiety or worry that shows a lack of faith in God's care and God's love. So what this entire passage actually is, is an invitation to rest in the arms of a loving Father. That's what this passage is, and what we must remember is that we are not perfect. Because we are not perfect, there will be times when we cross the line and violate this principle. When we allow ourselves to constantly focus on ourselves instead of on God. And that is the solution to this problem that we have of worrying. And the solution is putting your focus on God and not on yourself. So to prepare yourself for our next segment is the one you should have already read. So you should have already read First Samuel 14, you should have already read 
John 7, 31 through 53. You should have already read Psalm 109, 1 through 31. And you should have already read Proverbs 15, 5 through 7. So that concludes this verse of the day segment. Now it's time to move into our segment that is dealing with through the Bible in one year segment, excuse me. So we are on to day 133 of this particular segment, with our focus for today being on John chapter 6, verses 16 through 24. So yesterday we saw Jesus feed between 15,000 and 30,000 people. So if you're having a hard time understanding where that number comes from, then I would advise you to go back and listen to or view our daily devotional from yesterday. And then also, if you have an even harder time finding and accessing that, then I would advise you to read it on upstatechristian.com. Because you see, we gotta understand what is going on here so that we can move forward with our going through the book of John verse by verse. Right. So we saw that Jesus fed between 15 and 30,000 people. And because of this, right, the people wanted to make Jesus their king. They wanted to make him their political leader. So, right, so they're earthly or not earthly or political king, not their heavenly king, right? what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to establish the kingdom of heaven, not man's kingdom. So we saw that Jesus' reaction to this was to withdraw again to a mountain by himself. So that was verse uh, 15. So it says, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. He withdrew again to a mountain by himself. That's what we see here in at the end of last, of yesterday's topic on in John. So we saw that Jesus withdrew by himself up to a mountain because the people wanted to make him their king. Now I know you might have a hard time understanding that. So in today's passage, we see that the disciples have this. We see what the disciples have decided to do. While Jesus has taken his little.
having some little technical difficulties there. So in today's passage, we see what the disciples have decided to do while Jesus has withdrawn himself from the public eye. And so what the disciples have decided to do was to return to their home base of Capernaum. They have decided they're going to return to their home base in Capernaum. So that's where we're going to pick up, starting in John chapter 6, verse 16, going through verse 21. Going through verse 21, so here's what it says. It says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. (coughs) A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. They were frightened, but he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. And they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. So the disciples got into this boat, right? Understand that they got into a boat and headed to Capernaum later that same evening. So this is happening on the exact same day, right? That Jesus has fed the five. That Jesus has just fed this large group of between fifteen and thirty thousand people. This is happening on that exact same day. Hold on just a minute. Disciples don't know if Jesus is coming back. Why don't they know? 
Jones is coming back. Because he's gone off into the mountains to be by himself. So what happens, right? So they get out onto the Sea of Galilee, which is this big inland lake in northern Israel. It is susceptible to sudden storms. And why is it successful to sudden storms? Because it sits more than 600 feet below sea level, and it is surrounded by high hills. In other words, this lake sits kind of in the middle. It's in a vortex. It's like a wind tunnel.
Constant genus of punking them on the world. So how would you react if you saw someone approaching you on the water that you had just seen go up into some hills? How would you react if someone seemed like the disciples were frightened? Well, why were they frightened? Because they thought Jesus was literally a ghost. That's what they thought. They thought Jesus was a ghost. They thought this was some form Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land and buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. The wind was against it. Now shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, A true, you are the Son of God. So that was Matthew's account of what we just see. So if you notice, right, it's almost exactly what this could be. John leaves out this part where Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water. Right, so why does John leave that part out? Maybe because it wasn't relevant to John's gospel. Really? No. We do know it's not 
recorded in John's Gospel, whatever else is. So we see that Jesus tells them it's him and not to be afraid. And that when they took him into the boat, the boat immediately reached the water. So the where they were going. So why were these disciples who were on this boat so afraid of a little wind and waves? Because obviously they had spent their almost their entire lives sailing on the Sea of Galilee. They were fishermen. They were seamen. So a little storm should not have scared these men so badly. So why did it scare these men so badly? Because this was probably a big, ginormous storm. So now we come to the whole point of this, right? So remember the whole point of this, right? We're seeing, we're seeing and leading up to Exodus and Jesus being betrayed and being better than Moses. So we see that while Moses led the Israelites to the Red Sea on dry ground, we see that in Exodus 14.22, Jesus walked on the surface of the sea. Moses led the people of Israel out of bondage and captivity by leading them out on dry ground. Jesus, on the other hand, disciples who were afraid and being buffeted by wind and waves by walking on the surface of the sea. So Jesus walking on the sea was a powerful demonstration of his sovereignty over the world he had created. So the Old Testament teaches that God alone rules over the and so we see it in two passages in the books in the book of Psalms. So we see it in Psalm 77, 16 through 20, which says 20, which says, The water saw you, God, the water saw you and withered. The very depths were convulsed, the clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So that's the first one. The second one is Psalm 107, verses 28 through 30. Psalm 107, verses 28 through 30. And it says, then they cried out to the Lord in their and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Desired. 
you can live with him to their desired haven. God even could get to their desired haven. So God had sovereign control over the seas. And Jesus, as God himself in human form, had control over the seas also. So we have what this is. This is the fifth of Jesus' seven signs that he performed. Now we're going to pick up in verse 22, and we're going to take it to the very, very end. It says, the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples. But they had gone away alone, and some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats, into the boats, and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. And so, let's finish this up. So the crowd wondered where Jesus had gone. Why did they wonder where Jesus had gone? Because they wanted to make him their king. They wanted him to give them some more bread. So they knew that the disciples had departed without Jesus. And that Jesus had gone up to the mountain. Right? So after a small fleet of boats arrived from Tiberias, they began their search in Capernaum. So where is Tiberius? So Tiberius was a large city on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. And here Antipas built in honor of the Roman Emperor Tiberius. And so, if I can be able to see this map if you're watching this video or not, right? See this map right here, right? So here is Tiberius, right? Here is Capernaum. Can you see the map? See the map? Maybe I'll find one better map for you to look at. So Tiberius was on the western shore down the far, 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 far right hand corner of it was down towards the bottom of the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Tiberias. While Capernaum was up on the northern northwestern shore, Tiberias was on the southwestern shore. So in other words, this miracle of the feeding of the three hundred thousand people not only took place in Tiberius, and so Jesus went up into the mountains surrounding that area to be alone, and he comes to and he goes and walks on the water as the disciples are leaving Tiberius and going back to Capernaum. Can you understand what that is? understand the importance of that and so we're gonna pick up where we where these people find Jesus again tomorrow. Let's 
said this loud and put it into the heart of chapter 6. So we just see Jesus with the 5,000 people. With the 5,000 men. 15 or 30,000 people. So that was scene 1. So scene 2 is Jesus walking on the water. Scene 3 happens when the people find Jesus again. And scene 4 happens after that is there is people's reaction to Jesus' reaction to the people wanting Jesus to do more signs. So we'll pick up with that tomorrow. So I don't know if you to be prepared for that. We need to read verse 7 of 15 through 16. John 8, 1 through 20. Psalm 110, 1 through 7. And Proverbs 15, 8 through 